want you to imagine with me. Be the one chosen for the starring role of the most amazing story, a bestseller. I want you to imagine with me being a kid and wanting so bad to be part of that sports team and finally making it and getting accepted to the team. I want you to imagine with me applying for a full-ride scholarship and receiving the news that you are getting that award. I want you to imagine with me flying to England and getting an exclusive invitation to Buckingham Palace and you were chosen to meet their newest king. I want you to imagine with me dating the most charming person. And because of Hallmark movies on Christmas Day, you get a specially wrapped gift box with a gold ribbon and a tag that says, I choose you. Do you remember what Lucas from the kid's story was told time and time again? You are loved. You are wanted. You are chosen. I think that being chosen is one of the best feelings that a person can experience. And... Um, I, I, I want to know if you agree with me. So if you agree with that, can you say, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. We like being chosen. We like, like being the first ones picked on a team. And, you know, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Ilsian, and I'm part of the pastoral team here at Evergreen Christian Center. We are so glad you're here. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. And I want to introduce you to my family. That's Charlie, Joy, and Carlos. And we are so glad to be here celebrating Christmas with you. But, you know, I remember that feeling of being chosen. I was in my Sunday school class. I was nine years old. How many nine-year-olds do we have here today? Let me see your hands. All right, I see you. I see you. I'm so glad you're here. And, you know, the teacher was sharing a story about this girl named Esther. And she said, I want us to act out the story. And the story is there's this girl, and she gets invited in to be part of hundreds of maidens that get to go before this king called Xerxes. And they're like, you are, it's kind of like, you know, um, like a beauty pageant, like Miss America or something. You get all glammed up, and the girls go in front of a king, and they curtsied. But the teacher said, I'm going to pick the king, but I'm going to let Sammy, the boy that was playing the king, choose who he wants as his queen. So he will choose Queen Esther. And so the girls, we line up, and we're like, okay, kind of embarrassed because I'm in front of the whole church. And we go the first round, and, Sam, and, and Sammy doesn't pick anyone. And I was like, okay. So we go a second round, and as I curtsied, he placed the crown on my head. He chose me to be his pretend Queen Esther, and that was me when I was cute. Um, <laughs> 
And so I was like, the thoughts that were going through my head, it's like, me? But I'm like, I'm a newly arrived immigrant from Guatemala. I don't even know how to speak English. Why would he choose me? And see, over 2,000 years ago, a young girl, a teenager, with very little influence and a baby daddy that left her having to explain a lot. I can just picture it. When people asked her, she'd be like, no, no, what happened was, no, no, not Joseph's, by the Holy Spirit. Man, that is a wild thing to explain away. But this young girl, now with a questionable reputation, because who's going to believe that story, was chosen to be part of a story that is still being told today. A story that we celebrate and maybe holds the reason why you are here today in this room or watching online. And see, um, the narrative, the Christmas story says, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Maybe you don't know the feeling of being chosen because you can't even remember the last time you felt seen. Well, I want to tell you, God sees you. See, and this is what I want you to know. Christmas is for you because you are who God chose to love. You were God's choice. Before you were all put together in your mama's womb, God chose you. And see, no matter who you are or where you come from, what you've done or has been done to you, whether you're young, old, immigrant, native, able-bodied or not, you are who God chose to love. And Christmas is God's way of saying you were chosen to receive his love. And maybe like me, you're questioning like me? Like, why me? I mean, that's a good question. Why would God choose to love you? I believe it's because he knows he knows the rejection. He knows the hurt. He knows the disappointment that you've experienced time and time again. He knows the doubt you've carried because of the loss and pain that you have endured. He knows the disbelief that you've wrestled with because of what you've gone through, or, or life hasn't turned out the way you hoped. He knows your story, and he knows the times that you disqualify yourself because of your story. See, he knows the thoughts that have snuck in and try to condemn you because of the mistakes that you've made, and maybe you say to yourself or you think to yourself, I'm too far gone. There is no way. God doesn't want someone like me. I'm not religious like those folks there isn't hope for me. Maybe you're thinking, man, if you only knew what I've done. That's true. I don't know. But God does. And he isn't scared by it. You can't scare him off. 
See, the psalmist wrote that God knows the depths of our hearts, but he loves us the same. See, Christmas for all people means that no matter your story, you are chosen to receive his love. And the evidence that God chooses people despite of this story is found all through the Christmas narrative. So let's continue to read it in Matthew 1. It starts off like this. It says, a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And then it says, Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was the father of Jacob. And it goes on and on, naming name after name. Over 40 names. I won't read them all. Don't worry. But this was basically the Ancestry.com report on Jesus. Have you ever tried to do one of those? And see, the historical record of where he comes from and the people that are part of his story is being told to us. It's his family tree. And I don't know if you've ever built a resume, but when you build a resume, at least when I build a resume, I should say, I want to include all the good stuff, the not-so-good stuff intentionally leave that out no one needs to know that you know but the author of Matthew he includes and the list of people that make up Jesus genealogy and he he divides them into three groups and the first group is the patriarchs the fathers of the faith right Abraham Jacob and the thing with these is that yeah they were men of great faith but they were also people that lied and cheated a lot. And then the second group that the author includes is the group of the kings of Judah. And out of the list that he gives, only two kings were considered righteous or moral. The rest of the kings that are listed did some pretty messed up things. Like they abused their power, they murdered. And I'll stop there because there's kids in the room. But then on the third group, of this report of Jesus, we see that there's a group of people of unknown. The names aren't really known to us. We're not familiar with the names that are listed. But what really I am interested in sharing with you is the most interesting detail to me about this historical report on Jesus' people and his background is that there are five women listed. And see, you got to know this. And author Tim Keller says, in ancient patriarchal societies, a woman was virtually never named in such lists, let alone five of them. You could call women gender outsiders in those cultures. And yet, they are included in the genealogy of Jesus. And who are these women? They are women with dysfunctional families. They have shady stories. They are racial, racial outsiders. They are women who are considered unclean. And back in the day, if you were considered unclean, you were not allowed to go into the temple. So they were kept away from the presence of God. But because of Jesus being born in a manger... Through a family tree of questionable, messy people, those who would not 
typically be accepted and chosen are all flawed, but chosen. And see, who God chooses to include in the Christmas story says a lot about him. And see, he is a God full of grace. And that means he gives favor when we don't deserve it. Because he delights in using broken people to do good. It's like you parents in the room. When your kids or toddlers are quiet longer than you think they should be quiet for, and then you show up, and there is flour all over the floor, and they are the color as white as snow, hopefully you don't spank them. Hopefully you just clean them off, but you don't stop loving them. You keep on loving them. You clean them up, but you love them all the same. That is God's grace. And he includes who society has excluded. He includes those that have been rejected. He chooses to include both Gentiles and Jews, both men and women, and even children. I love that about him. And perhaps you're thinking, nay, nay, nay. That is from my Swiss shows. I've been watching a lot of Swiss shows lately, so I'm learning that. Nay, nay means no. God can't possibly choose to love someone as flawed as me. Well, the truth is, we are all flawed, all of us, but we're also chosen to receive his love. And see, Jesus says, you did not choose me, I chose you. And then in 1 Peter, it says, you are a chosen people. These are biblical truths that I want you to know. And see, how, how God chooses to reveal himself at Christmas shows us that he is approachable. See, up to this point, mostly it was religious people who could have access to God. But when the angel shows up to blue-collar shepherds, all of a sudden, people are able to have access to him. The angel says, you will see the sign. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth, laying in a manger. And that clued the shepherds in into knowing God is for everyone, not just certain type of people. So let's continue to read the Christmas narrative found in Luke. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. See, God chose to reveal himself to the most unlikely people because all people matter to God. You matter to God. Your neighbor matters to God. So much so that Christmas happened. And see, the shepherds, they were considered people that weren't normally invited, lowly. And the shepherds, they hung out with sheep. They smelled like sheep. They probably even stepped on sheep. You know? But yet, they are invited in. 
And the fact is that God's love is so faithful. God's love is so supernatural that it doesn't turn, it isn't turned away by messy stories. The messy in our stories doesn't scare him. And it is because of the mess and pain in our stories that Jesus was born. See, in God choosing to love you, it would mean that his own son, Jesus, would be rejected. Isaiah, a prophet who 700 years before the first Christmas wrote this prophecy about Jesus, he said he was despised and rejected. A man rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised. See, Jesus knew the sting of rejection. I don't know if you've ever felt that, but the best way I can describe it is like being stung by a bee times a thousand. It's a lot of pain. But he became acquainted with pain so that through his sacrifice on the cross, you would know the healing of being loved and accepted by a God who is for all people, no matter their story. See, Christmas is God's way of saying, I love you so much that I will show you through my son, Jesus. And the Christmas narrative continues, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name of Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. See, the way that Jesus saves people from their sins, you can say their shortcomings, their hang-ups, their bad habits, was by him suffering death on a cross so that you would know that you are loved. Action speaks louder than words. How many would agree? I say that to Carlos every time the laundry isn't done. <laughs> Action speak louder than words. And on that cross, God's love for you was loud. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. See, Christmas is God's way of saying you are loved, you are wanted, you are chosen. And today, you're not limited to just imagining being chosen to receive the love of God. You can actually choose to receive his love. But it's like any gift you're given, you've got to be willing to receive the gift. But what good is the best gift that I've been wanting? Like, I don't know, not that I want this, I already have it. But let's say you got an iPhone for Christmas. It wouldn't be any good if you never open it up and use it. So I'm inviting you today, if you are here, and maybe you've never received this gift of the love of God, that you would receive it today. I want to invite you to close your eyes right where you are. And I'm inviting you to close your eyes just for the sake of privacy. So thank you for doing that. And 
For those of you that are in the room, I want to invite you. Maybe this is the first time. Maybe you've never believed in your heart that you are loved by God and that Jesus, his son, was given for you. You can choose to receive Jesus today. You can receive the action of God's love by believing and saying in your heart, Jesus, I receive you. I receive your love. Thank you for choosing me. He was the one that was acquainted with grief. He was the one that knew pain. And that was so that you would know healing and wholeness. So I want to invite you with everybody's eyes closed. If you are here today, whether you're in person or joining us online, and today you want to say, I want to receive you. I want to receive the love that you have for me, God. I want to believe that I am chosen. And I want to put my faith in Jesus. Whether it's your first time, or maybe you've walked so far from him. I want to invite you to make a decision today to say yes to this gift of his love and his eternal life. So again, with everybody's eyes closed, if you want to make that decision today, would you look up at me so that I can agree with you? If you're in this room, and today you want to say, that's me. I want to receive the gift. I see you. I agree with you. I see you. I agree with you. I see you. I agree with you. If there's anybody else, just look up at me. I am searching the room to meet your eyes. I see you. I agree with you. If there's anybody else, just look up. I see you. I agree with you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Lord, we thank you for your gift. We thank you for your hope. We thank you that you choose us and you love us. And Lord, I, I pray for those that have put their faith in you today, but I also pray for those that are here and me, maybe are feeling forgotten. Lord, that you would meet them, that you would help them in the times where they felt alone, that they would know because of Jesus they are never alone, but that you are for them, you care for them. Lord, thank you so much for Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.